welcome to the struggle in victory. You are here, my friends, because you are striving to hear stories of people overcoming challenges in their life, pushing themselves to new heights beyond anything they thought possible, beyond anything their friends or family thought possible. Sit back, enjoy the stories, and see what you can make of your life. Welcome back to today's episode. Today, I have the honor and privilege of interviewing one of my massage mentors, Chris Harmon. Chris is has a background as a competitive runner, a massage therapist specializing in trigger point and sports massage tie, along with specific muscle issues. He's also a massage instructor and various other things that he's done in his lifetime. So Chris, thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's... A pleasure being here. Thank you very much, Mark, for inviting me on your podcast. Um, I think it's an honor and actually a blessing to be on this show today. Awesome. So go ahead, Mark. Fire some questions off for me. As a massage therapist, you've got a chance to work with a lot of elite athletes. As I'm looking on the walls, you've got some pro runners. Like we just talking about Joshua Chuck, the guy who yeah. just recently broke the 10K world record on the track. Yeah. What's been your experience working with these high-level elite athletes and Good. What have you enjoyed about excellent, it? Qu- excellent question, Mark. Uh, what? Well, first of all, it's a blessing working on uh, athletes because they tend to care more about their um, their performance, and they realize that a lot of the success they have is due to their own volition. Okay, and one thing I noticed about the elites, they take a really, really sincere and serious approach to their routine of self-treatment protocol. Very important for them. So they do their stretches. They, they, they don't um, stop and go, oh, I'm, I'm just too tired today. No, they actually do their uh, direct manipulation, their self-treatment with their, with their Theracane and lacrosse balls and their tools. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's very, very important. So I noticed that they're very serious about that um, and their routine. And they care about their nutrition, what they're eating, as well as their sleep patterns. Uh, most of them aren't hammering, part, partying all night and expecting to be uh, on the starting line setting any world's rec- world records. So that's basically what I've seen with the elites. With and they're all nice people. All of them are just great. <laughs> With the elites, yeah. you say kind of like the difference where they're taking more investment into what they're doing, the stretching, the rolling out, the eating, sleeping. Right. Why do you, what do you think separates them from everybody else in terms of doing the little things like that? It's a good question. Well, when you're an elite, and especially when you're a professional, it really rides on your performance. <laughs> it, they, they have to take it more seriously in that way. Um, but there are a lot of amateurs that are very serious about their improvement as well that I've seen and I've worked on. Uh, and it's, um, that's why I enjoy working on athletes more. Um, a lot of people that are uh, not in the athletic world community uh, tend to be um, wanting someone to fix them. Uh, they want to put their self-empowerment, uh, they want to give that away and, and give it to somebody else to deal with when that's a real big mistake because you're with yourself 24-7. So if you know the optimal protocols to keep yourself in line with your goals, it's 100% awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. With the elites, I'll see, you know, you didn't just come out of massage school and start working on elite people right away. How'd you get your start into working with them? Good question. <laughs> well, it's word of mouth. It's all about word of mouth. And what I started doing is working on high school level and college level athletes, as well um, as an opportunity as I was going to school at Healing Hand School where I teach to plug into some of the local races like the San Diego Rock and Roll uh, uh, Marathon. And the, um, yeah, so basically the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon really was the start of opening the door to the opportunity to work on the elites. Uh, we had a, an agreement, the school had an agreement with the Rock and Roll Marathon directors uh, to provide free body work 
post-marathon, okay? Now, the director of, of the founder of the school, Neha Curtis, suggested that I contact the elite manager because I was a, uh, a, comp I was a competitive runner, runner at one time. So I, I'm a fan of the sport. You know, you'll see me, <laughs> you'll see me on Let's Run and Flow Track and, and all those things. So it was an opportunity for me to actually work on my idols. I mean, the people that I thought were awesome. And keeping current as a fan, I knew the names. So when uh, he wanted me, uh, Neha wanted me to organize a team to work on the elites uh, pre-race. And so I did that for uh, a, a, a two, one, one to two years. And then the elite manager uh, started uh, looking and, and witnessing and actually experiencing my work, my, my personal work on how I prepped athletes and uh, pre and post uh, run. And he goes, whoa, uh, could I have you come to the Carlsbad 5000 where I, you know, and, and during the uh, mid 2000s, you know, like say 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, it was, a, it was an awesome race with a lot of awesome elites. Oh, all the way until just recently, until the COVID. So, um, so I started working on uh, those elites and then you get calls from Australia saying, hey, I've heard about your work. Uh, I have a group of Olympians coming over and training over at Laguna. Would you please come and work on my athletes? So the next thing you know, I'm working on that, on uh, Nick Badeau's uh, elite uh, team. And then word of mouth, just it just blossoms out over time. And that's how it works. And, that, and I uh, tell my students the same thing. I, I believe that uh, word of mouth is the answer when it comes to body work uh, because when you I mean advertising is cool and all that but it really you uh, you want to uh, attract the people that you want to work on not you know because if you advertise you know out there and pay money to advertise you're going to be sometimes work, working or having to work on somebody that's that you don't want to work on so I don't want to be negative about that but Seriously, uh, somebody that goes, looks at you and goes, uh, fix me, please. I don't want to do any, any of the self-treatment protocol that you teach me. I want you to fix me. And I don't, I don't, I think it's a team effort. It's the uh, athlete as well as the practitioner that's working on it. It's a team effort. And if the uh, athlete isn't willing or the person isn't willing to do the, put in the, uh, the um, self-treatment protocol, it's really not worth my time to work with that athlete or that person, even though they're mega rich and they can afford me, uh, you know, no, no problem, let's, let's go and let's do as many uh, sessions as possible. I don't believe in that. So that's my protocol. Interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you bring yeah. up the thing of people mm -hmm. advertising, but then working on the people that aren't the right fit. Yeah, right. What brought you to that conclusion? Because I'm guessing it wasn't just overnight. Like, hey, I want to work on, you know, just X amount of people, but it's more like I want to yes. work on the right people. Excellent, excellent question. Um, okay. When you have this knowledge and you're able to help people's pain problems, okay, uh, the, phone, the phone starts ringing off the hook, okay, and you start going, okay, come on over. I want to help you out. And you realize uh, after a while there are people that per personally, um, I, just like I ex explained to you before, I just don't want to get uh, to, to work on them because I don't want to take responsibility. They, if they don't want to take responsibility for themselves, then I don't want that responsibility of taking them on as, okay, I'm going to be the guy that fixes them. Does that make sense? when really and truly it's a team effort. I'm gonna show my client uh, what the problem is. I'm gonna work on it. They're gonna feel excellent and much better. And, and some of these awesome athletes come every week and they get body. That's great. That's awesome. And when I'm not seeing them, I know that they're working on themselves. All right, and that's important. 
So anyways, so I've worked on people that don't want to do that and I just rather, would rather not because they're not serious about their healing. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And yeah, you yeah. said something earlier about, you know, you're with your body 24-7. Right. Why wouldn't you want to take care of it? Right. Like it matters. Right. So, oh, <laughs> this is great. So I started this journey back in May of uh, 1977. All right. Uh, I went to a place called Mueller College in San Diego and was actually taught by Mule, uh, by Bill Mueller himself. Okay. It was, he was, a, it was a year, I think he was, uh, the school was open a year previously. So it was brand new. And what we did was uh, circulatory massage. We learned Swedish massage, which is really the basic, basic massage technique. And um, I was hired by uh, La Costa Health Spa. Now it's called the Omni Resort. That was my first job way back in the day. So I worked on celebrities and a lot of of, of, um, of people that weren't athletes, absolutely not. <laughs> so, anyways, looking at all their surgeries, looking at how bad in shape they were, I mean, just horrible. Uh, I realized that no amount of money uh, can make you happy. That that really, really and truly, uh, it's, it's all about taking care of yourself. It really is, because a lot of these people were, people that I worked on were the movers and shakers of, of economy. They were, they were making huge deals in, in the jacuzzi with their associates or whatever. And they, and they'd come out and they were just a physical wreck, you know? Wow. So what I, what I found out early on was that, uh, it's very important to take care of yourself. So that kind of got me into, um, passing that on to, to my athlete clients, you know, just saying, hey, it's very important. So that's why uh, I'm really into nutrition, as you know, Mark. I'm really into eating optimally. You can eat anything you want to get you going, but optimal nutrition that actually uh, benefits your cardiovascular fitness, and that's what running's all about, right? That's what distance running's all about. So to optimize that cardiovascular uh, flow of oxygen and uh, also repairing your micro tears when you're running and adapting. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to, uh, to go on that dietary journey as well. So I, I, I implant those, those, that knowledge onto my clients and a lot of them have really benefited from that and I'm stoked about it because um, the type of food in the optimizing of the cardiovascular system also optimizes the planet. It also optimizes the environment. So it's wonderful. And we're talking mainly about a whole foods plant-based diet. A lot of people uh, are, um, are starting to realize, whoa, uh, this is, it's wonderful. A lot of my clients, including the medical doctors that I work on, uh, they've sw they're switching and it's a journey. You don't just, it doesn't happen overnight, but a slow but uh, sure process of going more on a plant strong diet um, has really helped them out and injuries and all that. So. It's good. For somebody who's yeah. considering switching to that, you know, more plant-based diet, what would be an, a simple step that you would recommend? Excellent. Uh, just, uh, there's a couple of resources um, that you can utilize on the, on the internet. I think it's important to start your journey by familiarizing yourself with, with the, with the evidence-based knowledge, the evidence-based, clinically-based uh, facts. So um, there are a couple of, of uh, things you can do. Like one thing is going on nutrition facts, nutrition facts, like the facts, nutritionfacts.org. Uh, and that's Dr. Michael Greger's work. Uh, and he, is, he has a team of researchers that go through all the friggin' nutritional data. There's so much, there's so much uh, peer reviewed, um, papers out there every year that's published. So it's their, it's their responsibility to go through all that. They don't cherry pick. They just go through all the, the data that's English, that's written in English. <laughs> and, uh, and they, and, and, and they, they, uh, Michael uh, has written a book called How Not to Die, as well as another book called How Not to Diet. But these people, these, um, researchers like uh, uh, Dr. John McDougall, MD. That's probably the easiest 
I would recommend the easiest diet to start on is, is Dr. Uh, uh, John McDougal, MD's uh, protocol, which is basically a starch-heavy diet, starch-heavy, especially for athletes because we run on glucose. All our cells run on glucose. You can go, you can go on ketones if you want, but that's not the, that is not the optimal fuel that the body wants. You, know, you, you run on ketones, sure, when you're glycogen stores are all gone and you're out there on your 100 miler oh my god <laughs> shoot you're trying to put in as much as you can you know what i mean without getting a without getting a side ache <laughs> but uh just uh i think i think uh john mcdougall's approach is so much more practical because it's it's like you're eating uh beans and rice and, and salsa fresco with uh with uh, avocados and tortillas and you know that sort of thing oatmeal you know a lot of good stuff you know which is a good approach for skinny guys like us that are that are runners okay uh, uh, when it comes to people that are you know that want to lose a bunch of weight of course you're going to want to start with more of a um, uh, a, uh, a diet that is centered around fresh fruits and vegetables that aren't so calorically dense, all right? And in so doing, you're filling your stomach up with all these awesome, magical, uh, nutritionally dense foods that aren't calorically dense, and then your body's able to live off, off the, the fat stores, the adipose, uh, until you reach a certain weight that your uh, interstitial flat, fat, I'm sorry, interstitial, Interstitial, interstitial fat is not blocking the process of, of glucose absorbing into the cell because that's what blocks the absorption of glucose is fat. Fat's gu uh, gumming up the key of the receptor sites so that insulin can't do its job by, by um, transporting the glucose to the cell. All right, so. The, uh, the more fat you have in your diet, the higher your insulin resistance is, which isn't optimal for runners and for diabetics especially and all that. So we can go into all sorts of nutritional things. But anyways, no, I, hope that, I, hope that, I hope that wasn't rambling no, too much. No, I appreciate it because some people don't always look at nutrition. Uh, yeah. and people are like, okay, what, what could I do or where sure. would I start? I'll see, yeah. you know, some nutrition plans isn't for everybody, yeah. but, you know, if somebody is like, hey, let me investigate into some sure, of sure. this. Sure, sure. And the other thing I do uh, really enjoy about a whole foods plant-based diet is you can just hog down. It's not a, a caloric restriction at all. You don't even need to count your calories. It's just all about eating those whole plant foods uh, and, um, and, and you're just okay. You're ready to rock and roll and it really does make a difference in your endurance you'll notice a huge difference yeah awesome. so yeah i want to go anyway. back into yeah. chris the competitive runner obviously i know you, you ran for palmer college affirmative back in the day part of some, some solid teams there yeah yeah talk about your starting to running and what drew you to the sport all right well okay it all started <laughs> this is great it all started uh I, i'm from vista uh, and I'm here in Vista now, um, and uh, I ran uh, for Vista High School initially. I started out, actually no, at Lincoln Junior High in, in ninth grade. Back in the day, ninth, uh, that seventh, eighth, and ninth was junior high, uh, and, they, and so uh, I was a ninth grader, and I tried to make the basketball team that year. I was a basketball player. And I didn't quite fit into the, into the coach's um, plan, okay? So I didn't make the team. And during PE, we'd run laps initially. We'd run laps to get warmed up for our, or for our activity. And I happened to be uh, in the top three in the school for running laps uh, in a certain amount of time, okay? So I said, it, so the coach of track said, Chris, would you mind running the mile? Nobody wants to run the mile. <laughs> Little did I realize, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, right? <laughs> so I ran the mile in ninth grade with, uh, with no formal training, all right? Just running the mile. 
and I think I ran, I think it was, uh, I still remember, a 523 mile, okay, at, 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 in ninth grade, which is average. It's not considered ra radically talented, but uh, I started enjoying running. And it, ha it so happened that my late brother, Powell, was running for Vista High School, which was across the street, all right? And he was, a, he was an 11th grader at the time. And he's, he ran the mile and the two mile, okay? And then when I became a sophomore, I could walk across the, the street, Escondido Avenue, it was called back in the day, now it's called Civic, Civic Center Drive. So we walk across the street to Vista High School, all right? So I got some really good training uh, from, um, from Jim, from Coach Jim Downs, all right? Who is a middle distance marvel when it came to training uh, uh, 800 meter runners. Back in the day, it was called the 880 yards, 880 yards, okay? So anyways, I, I trained under uh, Coach Downs, and my brother was a fantastic runner. So of course, looking up to my brother, he, he was a two-miler as a senior, and he did really well. He really helped the team out. And I was doing quite, uh, I, I lettered uh, my sophomore year as a varsity runner I, I in cross-country, which is my favorite, by the way, Mark. Cross-country running is, is is my favorite. Running laps around the track, oh my God. You know, it's like, no, no, not another lap, oh God. But anyways, he, um, uh, so I, 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 I progressed and started getting serious about training. And of course, when you start running mileage and you start, you know, uh, getting more efficient uh, in your endurance, you, you improve. So during the summer months, I'd really get into running some mileage, all right? Some, uh, um, I remember one summer, it was two-a-days. I'd run six miles in the morning and six miles at night. Six miles in the morning, six miles at night. And I did that. And back in the day, I didn't re realize the, um, that rest is important. Um, I was running seven days a week, and you know, like you, you are. <laughs> but anyways, I think rest is really super important. Anyway, so... I, I became a, a, a decent runner, and uh, I, um, I ran with a good friend, a, a, an excellent comrade who I ran at Palomar College with as well, and that's Humberto Barajas, who was a talent. The guy had super talent, and his first, his, in his first um, steeplechase, it was at San Diego. They used to have a, uh, a, a, a what it's called, Invitational, called the Mustang Relays, down in uh, in Encinitas, the San Diego. Uh, it's called the San Diego Academy now. It used to be, be called the San Diego High School. And anyways, he ran his first uh, steeples chase, and he broke Dale Fleet's high school record. Now Dale, you know Dale, Dale Fleet. If nobody knows Dale Fleet, he was the state. Uh, um, two-mile champion back in 71, 1971 as a senior. Uh, he ran uh, later um, up in Washington, I believe, with uh, um, uh, another incredible athlete. Um, what's his name? Uh, gosh darn it. Anyways, I can't remember all the good names. But they were also part of the Hummel Toads, which later uh, was a movie was actually made of, um, of Bob Larson's uh, team uh, that went all the way to nationals of just a bunch of local guys that had talent like Tom Lux and Terry Cotton and all those guys. So, anyways, and Kirk Beffer, you know some of the old names back in the day. So, anyways, what what, what was I getting? Uh, yeah, at? All right, so I ran at Palomar yep. and I got to Palomar College and ran ran under an awesome coach, Mike Curran, as well as Doc Marin, and uh, we did. Uh, the freshman year, we went all the way and won the, the highest at that time was the state meet. And uh, we ran and we won up in, in Palo Alto. We won the state championship, small school division. In Grossmont College, uh, they won the large school division, you know, the Superstead. So anyways, so that's what happened. It kind of culminated in that. And then my sophomore year, I ran again cross country and did really well. I could clip along it. Uh, we clip along at five minute pace. You know, that's what it was to be competitive. You had to get to get down low, you know, to, to score. So, yeah.
So that was my competitive days, really. And then, of course, running open in the open races for a while. But uh, that was back in the day. Now I'm 65 years old, and uh, I'm nose bleeding seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Is that, yeah, yeah talking yeah. about the transition where, you know, you're doing some high-level elite running to now as you're getting older where, you know, the pace isn't where you used to be, but you still enjoy the sport. Talk about that transition. Excellent. That's an excellent question. What transpires within the mind uh, is that you realize after a time, I think it was when I hit my 50s, I started noticing a little different uh, I was doing the same effort, the same training with, with and it was slower. Uh, uh, you know, paces that were easy. I could run, you know, I usually, tra I usually trained uh, back in the day at six minute miles. I mean, we train at six minute miles. It was easy, between six and seven. Seven was slow. But after, um, after a while, I realized, okay, I'm not gonna do any more PRs. I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, but the pure act of, of uh, running, the pure um, the, uh, movement, and the mental health associated with regular uh, movement um, far outweighs any times, far outweighs looking at the watch and going, oh my God, I'm going too slow. It, it's, it, at, at first, of course, it's a transition, like you say. Uh, at first, you're going, what the hell? What's going on here? You know, shoot, am I really starting to get old? You know, that's sort of thing. <laughs> but then after a while, you just realize that it's a blessing just to be able to run, right, and uh, and participate. So it comes from it, it. It's it's um, it comes from okay, you're competitive to participation. That's basically what it's all about now for me. It's just to be just being able to participate. And of course, for a lot of people, for everyone here with the COVID-19 thing happening, it really kind of uh, put a mental damper on a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, got bummed out about it. But we're going to come out of it maybe next year sometime, but it'll happen. So that's the transition basically is just knowing that um, what you're doing is, hel is, he is healthy. And number one, me um, working in the field uh, helping others, it's nice to, to say that, hey, I'm running. You know, I'm still running. I'm still doing what I do, and it's fun. And plus, it, it, it translates into helping others, right? Your own, your own running experience really translates in helping others as well. So don't, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. especially coming yeah. as another therapist like yourself right. mm -hmm. is working on athletes. Maybe it's mm -hmm. not the same sport, but that athlete mindset of like, hey, I know I've got this upcoming workout that's going to be tough. Yeah. And like, okay, cool. How are you preparing for that? And you can offer insights like, hey, this is what I do the night before or the day right. after to recover. Exactly. It's, so it's not only you're doing you know, muscle recovery, but you're also right. almost like a counselor too. Right. And um, I think that clients and athletes that are clients um, really look up and respect people that have been there and have, and have been through the pain locker, have been through the pain, okay? And they go, oh, okay. Because I can talk to with athletes and say, yeah, I've had that exact injury. That exact hip injury. This is what it is, and this is how we're going to solve it. And this, it really works, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about what the athletes kind of doing, you know, their own self care. Like you just mentioned, like mm -hmm. hey, it's that team aspect. Right. What kind of things? Obviously, you mentioned lacrosse ball, the therapy. What's mm -hmm. some of like your go tos for helping your athletes when they're not seeing you? Oh, excellent. All right, and um, I think generally. Um, when it comes to prepping before and after your run, okay, um, senior lacrosse ball, the lacrosse ball, and Miss Theracane, <laughs> those are your therapists, <laughs> and they really work well. So there is, uh, there are protocols uh, before I run <clears throat> that keep me running. If I didn't do those protocols, I couldn't run. I'd be injured in, in a matter of weeks or months, you know. So uh, what I do is get the lacrosse ball. I make sure that I roll my feet. I roll my uh, lower leg, legs out. Um, I get, uh, um, oh, and the foam roller. Uh, the foam roller is really important as well. There's various densities of the foam roller. I happen to like the hardest uh, foam density, and that's excellent for, believe it or not, for your 
calves in certain cross fiber techniques that I like to show people, as well, of course, is your quadricep muscles. That kicks ass on your quadricep muscles, especially when you're doing it optimally. You can really help your knee, your knees out by working on your quads because your, uh, the, the main knee issue, the, na the main knee pain, especially in the anterior, medial, and lateral knee, uh, it are the quadriceps and having knots of tension called trigger points in the tissue uh, that create limited range of motion and then it starts pulling on the periosteum, the, the connective tissue of the patella and the patella tendon and ligament and the next thing you know you're having inflammation down there. So what's exciting is that you can get the uh, foam roller and the theracane or whichever device you want. Uh, also the stick, uh, there's various grades, uh, uh, hardnesses of the stick as well. And you can work on those quads and um, not only solve your, your uh, knee pain problems, but also prevent them. And that's what you really want to do. You really want to be able to prevent injury from happening. So when you have nice, supple muscles uh, that support the pounding, the vibrational uh, impact forces uh, that running happens, especially on the pavement, uh, it will definitely decrease injury. I'm not saying that it will guarantee no injury whatsoever, but when you find yourself, even with direct manipulation, uh, getting injured slightly sometimes, uh, you can then focus on, on more specific knots of tension that are causing the problem that you've missed. Even me, as the guy that's supposed to know, I even miss certain spots uh, that I go, oh shoot, I missed this spot. I, obviously, I'm getting this particular pain. So then I go back and I address it and I go, oh, there it is. Let's let's work on it. So yeah, is that good? That's perfect. <laughs> I'm getting this idea of, you know, you, yeah. you love teaching clients. You oh, also yeah. are teaching how I, my first massage class was actually with you as a uh, trigger point therapy. Yeah, you were awesome how, in the class. Thank, how'd yeah. you, thank you. How'd you get your start into teaching massage and what brought... Excellent question. To... Boy, you're firing those great questions off, Mark. You're amazing. How's that happen? <laughs> Anyways, all right. So here I am, all right, I'm, uh, 20 years professionally in the water. I was, uh, I was involved with... Uh, water ski, wakeboard instruction, barefoot water skiing. I was a captain of boats. I did, I did, I was a patrolman on the water for eight years. So, okay, so that was after my stint with La Costa, you know, doing that, I got into the water professionally. Okay, at 50, I decided, hey, I wanna get back into body work. Uh, and I was, you know, I was still running and, you know, doing all that. So I, I got back into it, all right, in, into school at 50, all right, and while I was taking classes, one day I was out in the water and I got picked up by a wave and it, um, I just, it was a bad wipeout, okay? It was a shore break, all right? It was a beach, it was a beach break and I was stupid. I was in the tube and yeah, boom. So it dislocated my left shoulder uh, briefly and I popped it back into place and set up a uh, uh, a casting syndrome, it's, it, it's frozen shoulder. It, it, it started, uh, I, my shoulder was in pain. I couldn't sleep at night, all right? So anyways, I was taking massage school, all right, uh, at Healing Hands School of Holistic Health. And uh, the techniques that were taught were awesome, all right, really awesome techniques, but it wasn't helping my specific problem with my frozen shoulder. All right, it wasn't addressing, it had to be more specific in nature. Okay, so here I am, you know how the universe works. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking this Tui Na class. It's, a, it's, a, it's the uh, Chinese sports massage class, basically what it is. And it's a more of an energetic class because you're learning about the meridians and all that. So I'm looking for a Tui Na um, uh, chart of the energy meridians at Barnes and Noble uh, bookstore, you know, to, to help me. 
And this book jumps out. No, it, it, but you know, uh, you know, uh, figuratively speaking, jumps out at me. It's called the Frozen Shoulder Workbook by Claire Davies. All right, all right. So Claire Davies that wrote this book had a frozen shoulder as well. He was a an expert, nationally known piano tuner and repair person. All right. He was phenomenal at what he did. He restored pianos and this and that. But during his work of doing with his tools, he developed a frozen shoulder, all right? So what he did, he went to the doctor. They prescribed meds. He went to the physical therapist. They, did, they uh, prescribed exercises, stretching and strength work. It got worse. It got worse and he was flipping out. So he goes, I'm going to go to this massage therapist that I used to go to, all right, this lady. So he goes and he looks at these two books on her desk called Myofascial Pain and Dysfunction by Janet Travell and David Simons, MD. Two freaking legends, all right, absolutely. Janet Travell was the president's physician in the White House during the Kennedy and Johnson administration. David Simons was a f awesome, uh, uh, he was the uh, uh, aeronaut, aerospace physician. He also set the world record when it comes to altitude in a balloon. He was the first one to confirm the curvature of the earth from space before Sputnik, okay? Okay, these, got, these people, these two pillars were legends, okay? They wrote these two volumes called Myofascial Pain and Dysfunction, all right, volume one and volume two. So. Claire looks at that, and he gets his work, and it, he feels a little better. The massage therapist, you know, feels a little better. So he buys these two books, and he reads them, and he goes, oh, my God, this is what I need. So he, he solved his frozen shoulder. He, he, he got into massage school, and he realized there's a huge gap. They're not teaching this stuff. Why is that? All physicians should know this stuff. I mean, you know. So anyways, to make a long story short, which is a long story, I'm sorry. Uh, I got the book and within 10 freaking minutes of working on a lacrosse ball on my infraspinatus, I found two huge knots, quarter size, on my uh, Terry's minor and, and, and my infraspinatus. I worked on that and I could sleep at night. Just after 10 minutes of work, I realized I was on some, onto something. Okay, there's 13 or 14 other muscles involved up to 17 muscles involved with the shoulder, all right? So I, I learned about that as well as, as I was taking school. So at the spring break retreat, which is really famous at Healing Hands School, we, we, we go to a re retreat and, and, uh, and it's just awesome. And I, I, I told uh, the, uh, the founders of the school, Paula and Neha Curtis, I told them about trigger point therapy and they said, would you, would you get a uh, curriculum together uh, for us? Uh, we'd like for you to teach it. Uh, you know, so that's what happened. I got a curriculum together, they approved it. And then after I graduated that fall, I started <laughs> teaching trigger point therapy as a specific treatment because trigger point therapy is under the umbrella of neuromuscular therapy, all right? Neuromuscular therapy is awesome. It deals with the, the innervation of muscle and how uh, it plays a part in the myofascial pain and dysfunction of a muscle. And trigger point is more specific at these knots that actually have a predictable pain pattern that have actually been mapped out by uh, clinicians of 40 years of research and they mapped out these certain um, pain patterns due to certain trigger points that are in, or trigger point areas that are in specific muscles. And uh, it's great, it's like a little roadmap. So what I do with the client is I, I, I ask, the first thing I ask, where does it hurt? Point at where it hurts. Now, the problem with that is that a lot of people think that's where the problem is, but it's not, it's generally upstream from that or proximal, we call it, you know, uh, 
which is more toward the trunk if it's a leg problem or something like that. So anyways, isn't that interesting? So that's what that's how I got into it and how to t and how and, and then that developed into other classes and uh, as you know, as a therapist, taking different modalities, it's like having arrows in your quiver, you different arrows in your quiver. And then as a awesome biocomputer, your mind, your brain and your mind through experience translates that into your own specific flavor of body work. And that flavor is your unique set of keys that unlock the healing potential of those that you touch, those, uh, those that are attracted to you and your body work, okay? So um, I don't believe in modalities that are written in stone, so to speak. In fact, you take these modalities and then you improve on them. You run with the ball. Don't, you know, at the beginning, of course, when you're a student and you think, okay, this is the Bible. This is, you know, this is what I need to do. And oh, there's a recipe. No, no, in actual, when you're in the field, there's no recipe. It's just that you know this knowledge and you use it uh, to help that person specifically for their specific problem. Now, of course, there are, there are fluff and buff modalities that are great for parasympathetic um, relaxation that are totally valid, okay, for, uh, for relaxation and you're on vacation and, hey, I just need this unwinding, you know, let me, you know, just get me, just get me on the table and uh, lather me up and, <laughs> sort of but in my particular modality, uh, I've, I've, I've developed this hybrid of uh, Thai yoga massage therapy, which is stretching with compressions with the direct manipulation of knots, trigger. So it's called trigger Thai. Now, if you look it up on YouTube, you're going to see this one guy whispering uh, in the microphone, some Oriental guy, no, that's not me. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, I have written a, a, a book, a manual for the, for the classroom called On-Site Bodywork for the Athlete. And that's what my son Orion uh, and I do in the field. Orion is, is my son and he is also a uh, professional uh, licensed massage therapist. And we have gone to awesome events uh, working together. It's just a real blessing. And that's what we do. We, we do this trigger point therapy uh, mainly on these athletes, and it's wonderful. But my particular book has a DVD as well as a, um, as it well as a, a, a manual uh, for it. And it's, it's, a great, it's a great foundation uh, to, to learn this because it does help the athlete. They're, they're actually blown away. The Kenyans and Ethiopians, when, when I first started working, when they, when they come over for these elite races, uh, I was doing this particular, oh, first of all, I was, it was the regular, uh, it wasn't, it was never Swedish, okay? It was always advanced uh, sports massage on the table, right? And I was such a fan, is that afterwards, and luckily my particular table had a color that could show signatures, right, Mark? So anyways, I'd have them sign and, and, and I'd say, okay, put, print your name, where you're from, what, what uh, performances you were the proudest of, okay, and then sign, all right? So they did, and after about eight years of doing this, it filled the table up with signatures. And then, um, and then what happened was the uh, Hall of Champions down in Sa San Diego wanted the table because it was such a an example of San Diego and how it attracts the elite athletes for training as well as uh, the people behind the scenes that are keeping these elites going right so those those that two those two principles uh, were the two pillars that got the table into the Hall of Champions and I'm so I'm so happy and proud of that uh, with uh, Paul Greer accepting uh, the table on behalf of the Hall of Champions because he's the curator for the track and field and, and, and running uh, uh, portion of the Hall of Champions. So I was really tickled and pleased that they wanted the table. 
And, um, and then, well, to make a long story short, uh, working on these Kenyans and Ethiopians on the ground, on the floor, on a mat, okay, really blew their minds. Initially, they go, well, I don't know. But after getting up off the mat, they go, oh my goodness gracious, this is amazing. Uh, and one, Jaletta um, Burka of Ethiopia, um, I was working on her, uh, um, and she she uh, is a four-time champion, world's cross-country champion. Of course, I am the I am the fan four times over when it comes to cross-country, right? I was, I, and I was. And she was so impressed with the work. She wanted. Is there any? Is there any book that teaches this? And I go, yeah, I've got a book. I, I have my own book and my DVD that I use in the classroom. So I gave it to her as a gift, and she gave me her bracelet right there. It's hanging on the on the wall right there. And uh, uh, I was just so happy that she could take it. She wanted to take it back to Ethiopia for her trainers to to go. Hey. And so here I am, and, and in Kenya, the same thing. So here I am, years later, looking, and I'm going, hey, those moves that you're doing, you know, because I see the Kenyan therapists, and they go, hey. So it's kind of neat to see, you know, that, that, that uh, this particular uh, expression has gone worldwide and, and helped the, the, uh, the world community out, because it's so awesome, isn't it, Mark? That's cool. To help others. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Kenyan Ethiopian therapists are now doing stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. designed here in the yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's cool to see that international connection where yeah. mm -hmm. even though people are like, oh, there's so many miles away, you know, 3,500 yeah. miles is, there's still that connection with the runners, with the body uh, work. It is, it is a world community. It really is. Uh, this is an athletic world community. Everybody, know, you know, you, you get in those circles and uh, it's all big hugs, I'm telling you. They're, and every one of these people are awesome. You know, they're really good people. <laughs> so, That's cool. Anyways, yeah. So uh, yeah. before I ask my final question, where sure. where can these guys find you? Is there any business you'd like to promote? Obviously, you got your private massage practice. You got your work with your son. Right, right now at this particular time, this that's a great question. Um, right now, personally, at this particular time, I am uh, focusing uh, fully because of the amount of hours that I'm teaching and uh, working for Healing Hands School. Um, it is um, uh, um, my son is now taking my clients, and uh, and he is a fantastic trigger point therapist. He's worked on the best. He's worked on uh, Joshua Chip the guy. Uh, and if you if you're a fan of the sport, you know who he is. He's just been awesome these last couple of years. Anyway, so yeah, you'd get a hold of my son, and I I can um, uh, shoot. What what would be a good way to do it? Uh, a pod, yeah, you do know? you have like a? Because I'll link it in the description of the podcast. Sure, we have like a, a we do page or a website. Yeah, good good question. Um, right now at this particular time. Um, we do not have a specific website. The reason being is because we believe in word of mouth. You know, it's just, it's, it's behind the scenes kind of, kind of like, and I know that that's not great marketing, but it, 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 it tends to work. But um, I can give, Mark, I can give you a card with our numbers on it and, our, and my uh, email or whatever if people are interested in finding out more or being helped because we're here to help you. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So for my final question, yeah. making each day matter is a big factor for me and how I live my life. Sure. What do you do for yourself to make each day matter to you? I, cho I choose the optimal path that is... The, the reality is just like gravity, all right? Um, gravity, whether you believe it or not, is you're subject to it. So I believe in my personal uh, lifestyle is in accordance with divine law. And when you do that, the, okay, whatever you put out in the universe, the universe supports, okay? Whatever you put out. So if it's constructive and optimal, it's going to support that. So with that knowledge, it's a fact. So with that knowledge, that's how I try to live my life. Okay, uh, and it's an effort. Anything that's an effort, okay, anything, it's, it, it's hard sometimes, 
But after a while, it becomes a habit pattern. Just like you're running, Mark, it's no problem for you to run seven days a week because you're, you've got a habit pattern going on. So for me, what I, what I know to be true uh, is that there is a certain way to live your life uh, that is a benefit not only to yourself but to others, right? And it's written in all religions, all religions teach it, the golden rule, you know, kindness, and um, to try to, to be conscious and to live in the moment because we get so hung up on living in the future or in the past when it's the moment that counts the most. Does that make sense? Because we don't know what's going to happen. And if you dwell too much on the future, it's not good. If you dwell in the past, it's not good too. In order to grow, you have to be in the present. Does that make sense to you? I'm oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So anyways, that's simple. It's that simple. Fantastic. All right? So guys, this has been a years in the making. I'm glad I was able to sit down with Chris Harmon, talk massage work, talk running. I did not know about the international connections that he has with, you know, therapists out in Kenya, Ethiopia, doing stuff that he designed here in the States. Obviously, Chris just thrives on living life. Like you said, you know, being in the present moment, kindness, helping others, helping yourself. Phenomenal person. If you're in the Sinu area and you're looking to get body work, I will put a link in on the bio for, for you to reach out to him and see if you can schedule a session with him or his son. But it was phenomenal guy, phenomenal person, better even human being to talk to. So guys, <laughs> check him out, check out Orion. They, these guys do phenomenal body work, but they're also as athletes. They understand what other athletes are going through. So as I finish everything, hopefully you can take this message, run with it and make today matter. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's episode of Struggle and Victory. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest on this show, send me an email at mark at markthecoach.net and I look forward to hearing all sorts of stories and getting you on the schedule.